chapter 1 and look at verse 5 and just keep your, keep your hand there for the moment. So before we get started today, I, I have to acknowledge all of the people who were working alongside me for the last couple months and uh, in order to develop our new website, our new webpage, let me tell you, it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot, a lot of work. And I, I initially met with Alan and David and just asked them, hey, what's this going to entail to get a new website and to work with a new vision and a new mission and to, to let it you know, adapt to where we are going as a church? And Alan initially told me, give me two weeks. That was three months ago. So, <laughs> so I asked him about what was it, what all of the work is going to go in, go in behind this to, to make it happen. And um, I really learned firsthand how much work the media team has put in. So before I show you just a little bit about the, the new website, I do want to say thank you to specifically David and Alan and Chooks who worked alongside me. Let's give it up for those guys. who worked tirelessly. This week was the week where we came in on Tuesday and I said, all right, this is the week. We, we've got to have this, this ready to launch. Um, and David Reed sent us out a list of about 21 to 22 things that still needed to be done. And you'll probably see some things that need to be done on the website. But I spoke with a pastor down here, um, good friend of mine, Brian Burkholder, who's uh, just starting to help me with some things. And initially he was uh, recommended by Cliff Mack and uh, I got in touch with him. He's just been a blessing ever since. So thank you for that, brother. Um, and he said to me, I said, Brian, tell me about your website. He says, 50% of our visitors come in through the use of a website. I said, whoa, 50% of their church visitors were coming through the website. He explained to me how to keep that up and to keep that running, and we're going to be publishing new things and adding to that website as throughout the week, but we knew that we had to put our best foot forward online first. Most people today go online if they want to find out anything. I don't know how, I would have, how, my, how our parents learned how to cook before Google. If I need to learn how to cook, I just go to Google. Like, I, I can cook you a three-course meal that will rival some of the best chefs in Miami because I've got Google. So that's just what we do today. We go to Google and we go to the web to learn about anything. And you, can, you can get college courses online. I'm studying online at Southern Seminary. It's just the, the place where we go. It's the, the meeting It's the, the, the meeting of the masses online. That's what it was supposed to be. Well, we're going to use it to our advantage and to the glory of God. Amen. So we work tirelessly. One of the things that you've seen around here is a new logo. We wanted a brand. We wanted a brand that was across all, all media and across all of our ministries. And so we worked, I cannot tell you how many times we put together some kind of funny looking logo and somebody would go, uh-uh. I had this one that I designed on my iPad that was beautiful. And I loved it and I took it. And I was, we were ready to go and I took it home to my wife and she said, that is terrible. She said, I like every logo except that one. Get rid of that one. And I didn't tell her that that was the one I had designed. <laughs> so 
Well, we worked hard and hard, and we went back and forth. And Dave Chase uh, helped us with the branding as well, so I want to I want to remember Dave as well. And um, we initially agreed on something that communicated what we want to be as a church, especially for this year. But it's going forward, and that is the idea of growth and doing it together. So you know, a lot of churches have crosses in their <laughs> in their in their, uh, their logo, but we wanted to use a leaf because we want to communicate every time you think about this church that we're growing. A little leaflet, a little sprout that we are of a church, but we want to grow to do mighty things and to be a mighty tree that comforts and gives shade to the elect and gives fruit to the elect and is a witness to what God can do. We want to bear mighty fruit in this church. So we went with a little sprout. We also, we haven't changed the name. It says NWB Church, but we haven't changed the name. We're still Northwest Baptist Church, but the reason why we went with our logo to say NWB Church is so people can remember that and go to our website. So that's why we went with that. You see it beautifully across the back wall there. David Reed uh, bought that and put that up. We said our walls are too bland. We need, some, we need something on them. So we went with our logo, and we want to communicate we're growing so I want to just show you a couple things about our website and kind of teach you how to use it. Chooks, are you with me? Move the, move the cursor around if you're with me. Good, good job, good job. All right, so, so up at the top, you'll have uh, the, main, the main button will be the NWB Church button. You can click on that, and that'll always send you. Go ahead and click on that. That'll always send you back to the home page. So if you would, scroll down on this front page to the first three boxes. The first thing we wanted to have on our website was a site that's a, a place where you could say, if you were a new person, I'm new, where do I start? So go ahead and click on that if you would. We just wanted to give, don't, go, don't click on the video because I look horrible in it, just you'll look at it and make your judgment on it later. But scroll down to that. Oh, uh, if you would, go back up, Chooks, and just wave the cursor over it so that they can just see the card. That's all we want to, don't you do it, just don't do it. <laughs> Jukes. <laughs> so go to the up at the top where the card is, and I just want you to just go up to where it says I'm new. Go ahead and click on our I'm new. Sorry. I'm new. Yeah, right there. All right, leave it there. Just leave it there. We just wanted to communicate immediately when we meet because we want people to be here with us. So we gave our worship services and our times when we meet on the two days we meet, Sundays and Wednesdays, and what our location is. You can find out more info from there. If you would, go to the About Us page. So click on that. This is our main hub. We have two areas. We want our mission and our vision. Don't click on them right now. But our mission and our vision are on the right, are on the left and the right side. And I'm going to talk about our vision today. But down the middle, we have our resources. You can meet our staff. You can learn about calendar and events. You can learn to become a member there. If you want to become a member of our church, you can start the process there. You can fill out a spiritual questionnaire that is essential to becoming a member. You can read our core values, our core beliefs, what we believe about baptism, our history, which I'll let you click on history, Chooks. Go ahead and click on history, because this is really beautiful. So scroll down. This is a wonderful page. Go ahead and just scroll down and let uh, the church see the beautiful pictures. Really tells of our history, of our church. Remember that hideous red carpet? I don't, but who went with red in a church? I don't know. But it just follows our history all the way down to where we are today. So go ahead and go back, Chooks, and I'll just show you one, one last thing. We've added on here, we have connect. Go to listen, if you would. Yeah. 
All right, so our Listen series is where you can find all of our series. A lot of times people ask for notes or they ask for the, the sermon, um, the sermon in, in its full fullness. But you'll be able to get it here online and click on our sermons and we've got a series and you'll be able to click on and follow some of our older sermons as well. The reason why we went with audio was because people who might want to listen to them in their car, if you have video and audio, it pulls more bandwidth and takes more data from your plan. So we were thinking about you smartphone users. If you're using it, you can just listen. So we just went with audio. Um, let's do a look at give. So we're going to have online giving. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, some of our, our tech team come up and explain how you can give online now. If you want to be able to give online, if you, didn't, if you don't write a check, my dad still writes checks. I don't even know how to write a check. <laughs> I, I, mean, we did, I let Stephanie do all that. I don't, what's a check? click a button <laughs> so so we give online uh, you'll be able to give online and then uh, I'll briefly explain Shelby next but Shelby next go to my login and just click on there my login is going to be our Shelby next and that's we're really excited about this we've moved our our membership the old way of doing membership which was to to kind of just fill out a card and you're in a card base but now we want to be with the new times and we want to be able to see your face and attach you with a name and a number you know a lot of times people have been coming to our church for a long time and some people here might not know who they are and this will only be there'll be of course security access for only certain people will have access to certain parts uh, groups those who are group leaders but we needed a one-stop place where we could communicate with the church this is going to give us the ability to send out mass text messages to the church should we have to cancel a Wednesday night or pray for a, a fellow church member in need. It would have been wonderful over the last couple of weeks. We could have been doing both of those with Pastor Dave, letting you know that we had canceled our Wednesday nights and also that uh, we need to pray for Pastor Dave. It's also a place where we can send up follow-ups for visitors we can send out information and we can have what's called workflows where we can create tasks for other leaders in our church to fulfill by the end of the week in a way where we can track the people of our church and know who is and who isn't a member of our church because that's important. Because membership means something. So this is our website. There'll be one other thing I want to show you before we leave and we want to encourage you to go to it today. The web address is nwbchurch dot org or dot com we own the domains to both now so if you make a mistake and put dot com in you'll be redirected but it's nwbchurch.org if you would really quickly go to the home page and during the week scroll all the way down to the bottom if you would chooks uh i'll actually go back up just a little bit there you go those three sections these three sections right here will be uh weekly things that we'll be trying to add to throughout the week uh, pastor's thoughts will be blogs from our sermons and just kind of follow up on what we've maybe talked about in our church. If you had further questions, I'll add a blog throughout the week, little comments, and you can always check there to see if we've updated anything. There's also going to be news on there as well from time to time. I want to thank Tara Fox, who, by the way, how did I over, how did I forget you? Because you're a gator. Um, Tara Fox has been our, she's been writing so much of the stuff as well, helping me write and, and correcting my, my poor grammar. So I always feel like I do a good job of writing until Tara reads my stuff. 
I think she's just trolling me. So she wrote these two little news articles, but Pastor's Thoughts will be a place where you can go and you can read some topics that come up during the week and then some of our news that'll come up. I had a wonderful, wonderful letter that's going to be going up that was written by uh, Greer Arjun, who uh, had visited our church for Easter Sunday and was just blown away by this church in the way that she was welcomed and received. And it was such an encouraging letter that I definitely want to put up on li- online. So be looking forward to that. But give uh, our guys a, a one more round of applause for this. There's, there's all other kinds of things you can do. I think we have SoundCloud. We have podcasts now on there. There's all kinds of ridiculous stuff. But anyway, it's a one-stop hub where you can find out any and everything about our church. Well, let's get into our Connect series. What we're doing right now as a church is we're taking a little hiatus from our expository preaching and we're focusing, not that this isn't expositional, but that we are focusing on the next phase of our church. Connect is a big phase of our church. It is essential that everyone who comes to our church understand and know before they agree to covenant with us what we stand for and what we believe. Especially in these times where Christianity is so watered down and can mean just about anything. So we're currently going through as a church together through our new members class here at Northwest Baptist Church. And it is called Connect. The goal of Connect is to encourage visitors and church attenders and members alike to enter into a meaningful relationship with the Northwest Baptist Church. This class will enable Christians who are seeking to grow together in greater conformity with Christ's image to do so within a local church body. That's what we want to happen here. Making disciples is a lifelong process. Just because you prayed a prayer some years ago does not mean you're saved. John made this very clear. There were some who would enter into the church and would stay for a time and and even would show that they may be Christians. But John said, they left us because they weren't of us. Had they really been of us, they would have remained with us. And so we want to emphasize here that discipleship is a lifelong process of growing together. The Christian life is not meant to be lived in isolation, but to be done so together with mutual accountability and growth. So we want to emphasize that at the beginning and at the outset of our church. We believe that it is essential to protect the purity of Christ's church by making sure that all who are seeking membership know and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they have been baptized by immersion, and that they are eager to serve together to fulfill our mission and vision before they are accepted into the fellowship of the local body of believers. We have to protect the purity of Christ's church. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 2, verse 14, that God has purified for himself, Christ has purified for himself, a group of people, his church. We are to be constantly growing and purifying ourselves in the church. And we want to make that clear at the outset. 
when every member knows and understands and even agrees with the mission, vision, core values, core beliefs, and membership covenant of the Northwest Baptist Church, it protects the purity, ensures Christian unity, and encourages the perpetual enjoyment of our fellowship. So that's why we are doing Connect. Look with me, if you would, at Titus chapter 1, verse 5. Paul says to Titus, very simply, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order. Let's pray. God, you've given us the wonderful privilege of having a church. Thank you. Thank you, God, that we are free to talk about Jesus openly. Thank you, God, for my brothers and sisters who exhorted me in greater righteousness, who put me on the right path when I was living in sin, who encouraged me when sin and the weight of my sins became too heavy for me to carry, who walked with me as I grew in righteousness, who cared and called for me and called on me when I was running away. Thank you for your church. Thank you for Northwest Church. God, I know so many of the people here love and want and desire this church to be great. And so, Lord, let us see with clear and objective eyes what we must do as a church. Give me the words to speak. And give us all the ears to hear. But most importantly, God, give us hearts that are eager and humble and ready to serve. Amen. Titus is an interesting book. Scholars aren't entirely sure how the churches in Crete got started. They don't know whether or not it was Paul and Timothy on one of their missionary journeys that started the church. Or that. Jerusalem Christians who were there at Pentecost or Cretan Christians who were in Jerusalem at Pentecost may have gone back to the island to start the church. So they don't really know how it started. We know, though, that what is going on at the time is church, a church that is in need of order and direction. It is in need of a vision. The problem on this island were very similar to ours. In fact, the verb to cretinize referred to telling lies and being immoral. Crete was a very immoral place. It stems, of course, from their view of the Cretans infamously claim that Greek, the Greek god Zeus was buried on their island. They were called liars because the Greek gods were immortal and couldn't die. So it is impossible, according to their legend, that Zeus be buried on their island. But they were well known within the Greek culture to be liars. Some scholars even believe it's very possible that the Philistines that you know about in the Old Testament came from the island of Crete. They were known for their gifts of archery and to be very, very beneficial in times of war. They were strong and tough people. But they were well known to be liars, evil beasts, is what their own 
own prophet called them liars and evil beasts and immoral and lazy gluttons. So this is a tough task. This is where Titus finds himself, on the island of Greece. Needless to say, where Titus is, is no easy place to plant a church. It's no easy place to have a church and to do ministry. But I like what D.A. Carson and Douglas Moo said about this situation. They said in that situation, in Titus's situation, it would seem that neither Paul nor Titus had a moment's hesitation about establishing a church in such an immoral place. They continue, the letter is clear evidence that the Christian church is not intended to function only in cozy, respectable, middle-class environments. But the gospel is for the most unpromising of people. Now, we all know the perception of Miami, don't we? <laughs> like Epimenides, who was the philosopher who said of his own people... The Cretans, he was a Cretan himself, and said of his own Cretans, they are always liars and evil beasts and lazy gluttons. We too say true and awful things about our own people in our own city, don't we? We know how difficult Miamians are. We might say about Miamians that they're always liars or evil beasts or lazy gluttons. Maybe we add to that that they're impersonal or unpunctual or mean or bad drivers. Maybe we say those things, but we know that Miami is a city that is difficult to minister in and to have a church in. That's why your favorite musicians always say, we're coming to South Florida, we're coming to Miami. And you hear on the news, you're, they're coming to Miami. Yeah, where are they going to stop? Palm Beach. Because they don't want to come across that Miami-Dade border. It's the truth. Because Miami is a difficult city. And we can say a lot of nasty things about our people. But the truth is, we don't have a very good perspective of a people of our city, just like the Cretans didn't have very good perspective of their people. Maybe some of us here don't believe that Christian ministry can work in such a difficult city. Maybe some of us think that Miami is beyond saving or that God is going to judge our city like he did Sodom and Gomorrah. After all, isn't that why we have hurricanes? If you listen to the 700 Club, that's why we have hurricanes. To judge how immoral our city is. Forget the fact that the Bible Belt is ransacked with tornadoes weekly. I mean, this is what we hear all of the time. But I want to suggest to you this morning something different. And that is this. That God knows and loves unlovely cities and unlovely persons. Jesus told the Pharisees when they accused him of eating with tax collectors and sinners. That it is the sick who are need in need of a physician and not the healthy. The point is, don't assume that just because Miami is a difficult city to live in, and even to have a church in, that God doesn't care about the people who are living here, or that he doesn't have a vision for our city. Instead, look around you at the great opportunity that surrounds us here in North Miami, and ask this question, 
How can Northwest heal a broken community? What an opportunity we have in North Miami to be a beautiful garden for Jesus Christ. I mean that literally too, by the way. Dan the lawn man keeps our place beautiful. And right outside we have nasty things going on. How can we show the world and show North Miami that the Holy Spirit lives here? What an opportunity. Outside of our walls is not a healthy culture. We're not even middle class in this city. This is a city around us. Look at the statistics that are well below the level of middle class. It means we have a place and an opportunity to bring the Holy Spirit to North Miami. And God loves healing the sick. I want to start this morning then with a little thought experiment. In your minds, and don't, don't, don't yell it out, but in your minds, what would you like to see Northwest Baptist Church become? Just for a moment, think about that question. Maybe some of you have already thought about that question or have been thinking about that question. Maybe your answers are something like, we want to reach the next generation for Christ, or we want to change North Miami for Christ, or to help those who are poor in our neighborhoods and those who are needy, or maybe to be a place where I can come and worship God and learn about Him, or maybe some of you want to fill every pew, or still some might say that we want to be a more spirit-minded church. Maybe your vision for our church is to have better media or to have better tithers. Whatever your vision is for the church, when you ask yourself the question, what is your vision? What would you like to see Northwest Baptist Church be? Hopefully every last one of us in here said something to the, to the sense of better, holier, purer, doing more. I hope none of us said anything like, I hope nothing changes in our church. I hope nobody said, I hope we're not going to be challenged. I hope we're not going to lose any of our comforts. I hope I'm not going to be expected to serve. I hope none of us said that, that that's what we want this church to be or that that's our vision for this church. Because that's not God's vision for this church. And it's not God's vision for every individual in this church. God's vision for every individual for this church is to be an active part of the body of Christ. I didn't say it wouldn't be difficult. I didn't say that there won't be a need for repentance or having thick skin or take patience. I didn't say it's not going to take sacrifice or take commitment. I didn't say that we're not going to have to really work and roll up our sleeves but the question is do you see something that you want for your church and are you willing to seize it i want to talk this morning about our vision for the next eight to twelve months we're going to break this up into two sermons because we have a long-term vision but i want to spend today just sharing with you our short-term vision the first several months of my tenure as pastor of the northwest baptist church the Spirit began to move me and lay on my heart the importance of reaching and retaining. When I asked, as it, some of you were asking, how can we pray for you, Pastor? My answer to you was wisdom, courage, and clarity. That's what I wanted. And I can tell you that the Holy Spirit has really moved in my life 
and I appreciate your prayers. The ministry team that I work with every Tuesday and the deacons that I work with once a month, I brought to them a vision for the next 8 to 12 months, which I entitled, Reach and Retain. Reach and Retain. I gave our church a Bible verse to remember this year and a Bible verse that we are always going to preach from and talk about and focus on in our midst so that if we get confused and bogged down with ministry, we never forget that these are the things we want to be doing. Number one, that we hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Number two, that we consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And number three, that we do not forsake meeting together, as is the habit of some. If we can do those three things in this year, we've succeeded as a church. If we're eager to stir up love and good works, to forgive one another, to be on time to church, to be here when we open our doors, to pray with those who need prayer, to visit those who are sick and in need in the hospitals, to give of our time and of our talents and of our tithes, to give of our possessions, to lead Bible studies. If we can do these things for the first year, we're going to be a success. But these next eight months in our ministry are critical to the strength and stability of our church. We have dreams of children's church, small group Bible studies, a new and dynamic way of doing youth, a new and dynamic way of doing children's church and children's ministry. But before we go into that, we have to make sure that all of the infrastructure and foundation of our church is laid. I want to lay that out for you this morning as to what we're going to be doing for the next 8 to 12 months. Before we can make an impact on North Miami, South Florida, the United States, and hopefully one day the world, we must first build the foundation. I was so edified by Pastor Dave sharing with me how many people were coming from around the world. I got a picture of their little church yesterday. Little church in Indiana, not big at all. I mean, smaller than this middle aisle. And there were people from all over the world. That little church had sent out ministry, missionaries from around the world who were calling and just thanking and praising the ministry that Pastor Chase had given and done there in Indiana. And so it doesn't matter the size Jesus took 12 people and changed a known world. It matters the passion and the conviction of its people. If we want to change the world, we can do that here. But the process will not always be easy. It's going to take sacrifice and commitment, patience and repentance, thick skin, willingness to change, and a lot of hard work. But if we can be faithful over these little things... It's our belief that God will give us opportunity to have an impact in our city and eventually the world. It's our belief then that we must establish a short-term vision. I want to talk to you about six things we're doing for reach and retain. Six things that we need to do this year. Number one, we want to establish a clear mission and vision for our church. When I came to our church and we started to work in the first couple months, I said, what's our mission? We had the Great Commission, which is a wonderful mission but how is our church unique? We have to know why we exist and where we want to go. And our mission states our purpose as a church while our vision casts what we want to be for the future. So we had to give a clear mission and a clear vision for our church. 
our mission is as follows. The Northwest Baptist Church exists to cultivate a greater love for God and neighbor through God-glorifying worship, Christ-centered living, and other directed service. That's why we're here, for God, for Christ, and for others. Notice that nowhere in there was about your own personal preferences. We don't want God to conform to our image. Never let that be the case for our church. We don't want Christ to be our image. How shallow would that church be? And we don't want to be caught up in our own way and in our own life and in our own personal preferences. But we want to be here for others. So our mission, the north on our compass is always that. To be a God-glorifying, first and foremost, loving church. That we love God and love neighbor. Jesus says it's the greatest commandment. There's nothing you can do greater than love God with all your mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Then what else should we be doing as a church? Now the question that we have to ask is how then do we fulfill that? And that's where the vision comes in. And that's what we're going to talk about next week over the next four or five years, what our vision is going to be. But for right now, our short-term vision is reach and retain. And we had to define our mission. Our vision right now is to strengthen the homes of every believer. To encourage Christian unity. To build Christian homes. And to reach South Florida for Jesus Christ. That's our short-term vision. Our long-term vision. The second thing we had to do was we had to create covenant membership in our church for the next eight to 12 months we are going to be hitting hard on covenant membership well what is that what is covenant membership it answers this question who are the members of our church those who are members of this church have to know who we are and we have to know who they are we have to make sure that the members who covenant with us and who enter into our midst have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ so that we don't allow for false teaching to ever come into the church. Paul said about sin, if you allow a little bit of that leaven to get into the lump of dough, what is it going to do? Just a little bit. Just a little bit of yeast. You throw that in there. It's a contaminating agent. And you just throw a little bit of yeast into that dough. What's it going to do? It's going to work its way through. And it's going to contaminate the whole lump. And so it is our belief that at the very beginning of your time and tenure here at Northwest. That we make sure that you have received Jesus Christ. By grace through faith. Not by works. We want to make sure that we are baptized believers. It is the first act of obedience. And that baptism is by immersion. And that furthermore, anyone who agrees to be a part of our church is in agreement with our mission, vision, core values, core beliefs, and our membership covenant. This is essential to the unity and preservation of our church. I looked at a pastor's 
a pastor's uh, church covenant this week when I was at a pastor breakfast on Wednesday. He showed it to me that he had to have a lawyer look at his church covenant because of how serious the times are for sinners creeping into the church and the government saying you have to allow them to be there. We don't want that. Now, of course, everyone and anyone is free to come and to attend our church at any time. So long as you're not disruptive, you can have a mohawk just kind of sit in the back, okay? Uh, just sit in the back so, so that you, nobody can, you know, you're not, you're not distorting their view. You know, if you sit in the middle, that's fine. Come, come everyone. Yeah, everyone can come. But we're not talking about church attendance. We're talking about membership. And the New Testament says membership worked like this. They received the gospel, they were baptized, and they joined the fellowship. Acts 2, 41-47. We're accountable to one another. We want to create an environment where we are accountable to one another. I can't go into the lost world and say, lost world, stop behaving that way. And neither can you. The lost world behaves the way the lost world behaves. But the church is something different. Paul said, what business do I have with the lost world? It is the church of God that we have business and accountability with. We are protecting the purity of the church. And meaningful membership is a must. We had to establish a process. We had to have a process for church membership. We have now on the connect cards a path to membership and it works like this. Number one, you complete our spiritual questionnaire. When you go online and fill out that spiritual questionnaire, it asks you some questions about salvation. I receive the PDF and then step two is I'll meet with you. I want to find out with you why you said that you are saved but you're not certain that if you died today, you'd spend eternity in heaven. I want to know why my people can't come in here and joyously celebrate that they are going to be saved from now and forevermore. I want to know why my people are living with this fear and anxiety that they're not going to heaven if they've received Jesus Christ by grace through faith. And we want to make sure of that before we enter into covenant. So number one, we fill out the spiritual questionnaire. Number two, we move into a, an interview process. And number three, we have to take the Connect class. You have to know what you're joining. Don't you? I don't know about you, but I don't join things that I don't know about. Maybe some of you, you just walk in, oh, sign this credit card and get a free uh, Nick's cap. Oh, man, yeah, I'll sign that up right now. And then six months later, it's 32% interest and they're coming in with a, somebody's coming into your house and they're pulling up your TV, walking out. Wait, what happened? Well, didn't you read the fine print? We want you to read the fine print. And we want to encourage you to be excited about it because membership has to be meaningful. So number two, we had to create meaningful membership. Number three, we want to create a welcoming environment. This is a major task for the next 8 to 12 months. How do we create a welcoming environment? We have to love people, number one. Many of us have been here for years and may have forgotten how difficult it can be to visit a new church. But we need to put ourselves in the shoes of the visitor and ask and answer the following questions. Does our church have a clear mission and vision? 
Does their website give me all the information I need to know about this church? Our old website, the first line was Costa Rica 2012. <laughs> that was up yesterday. It's 2016. So unless you've got a time machine, we want to be welcoming by putting our best foot forward. Are the people welcoming at Northwest? Are we friendly? Is it easy for a new person to fit in? Is Northwest a place where new Christians can grow together with older Christians? Do our people feel safe when they come here? I want to thank Russ Briner for helping us with our, our golf cart this week. Thank you so much. We, we have now two golf carts, and we just want to say thank you to him. Do I know where the church or Sunday school or Bible studies meet? Can I find the nursery? Did anybody follow up with me after my visit? Are the facilities kept up? So on and so forth. We had to answer these questions and put on outsiders' eyes because we were hearing about our church some things that weren't good and we wanted to repair that. So what are we doing to repair and to make our church welcoming? We've designed a new logo to create a recognizable brand. We've created a new website. We've created a new members class. We've updated our membership directory to the new Shelby Next system. We created a welcome team. We've updated our core beliefs. We've written for the first time our core values. We've designed and printed connect cards to find out. I've seen too many times people who I come into our church and I never get a chance to call them. The connect cards help us with that. We've designed and printed information cards about how to, for our church and about our church to pass out. I've got children too, don't worry. Don't you love children? Right, just for a second. That bother any of you? Because it didn't bother me. I know what it's like. They usually do it at 3 o'clock in the morning. You guys thought I was being quiet so I could start my sermon. I was praying for her. I'm, I know what she's getting ready to deal with outside. God bless you, sister. There's probably some in that diaper, too. So, uh... <laughs> Deacons, make sure she knows where the changing tables are. Add that to the list. Changing tables in the bathroom. Those are little things that people won't come to a church for. My baby cried. I couldn't change him. Those are little things. We don't want any little thing to be an excuse for people. We want people to come into our church and say, I left. Why? Because they preach the Bible. Good. If that's why they left, fine. If Jesus is the offense, fine. But let it not be said that we're the offense. Let it be said they did everything to get me into their church. They cared about me. They called me and, and said, thank you for coming. Can I pray with you? Can I take you out to lunch? They took that initiative. Let that be said about our church. If the gospel offends, we can't help that. 
We've increased security. We're working on signage for our buildings. We've created the Connect card to follow up with our visitors. As I said, we're in the process of updating our policies and procedures manual to reflect our changing society. We're even beginning theological and ministry training for our leaders. All of these things are done to create a welcoming environment. You've seen some of the people outside with the, the lanyards, the giant lanyards with their names on them. We want people to feel welcome when they come here. So we're excited about these things. Number four, we want clear communication. Clear communication. Northwestbaptistchurch.com or nwbchurch.org, either way, is a one-stop place where members and visitors alike can learn about our church, listen to sermons, get involved in our ministries, learn about Christian service, follow our church calendar, Register for upcoming events and programs. Link to our podcast. Begin the process of church membership. Get linked into Shelby Next. Give online and much, much more. We wanted to increase our communication. And our online was the first way of doing that. The last two. We want to establish policies and procedures for how we work together. Used to be the case that and somebody would come into our church, we'd just say, yeah, go ahead and serve. But we want to protect the purity of the church, right? Always. And to know who these people are before they serve. We have, we have to know the rules of engagement for our ministry. The times that we're living in require us to answer some critical questions before we begin to serve in the church. So I want to tell everyone this, and this is from the very bottom of my heart. I love you, and I love a spirit that's willing to serve. You can go on right now to our webpage, and you can look up, how can I serve in the church? And I list 25, 25 ways you can start right now to serve in our church. And not, not a lot of them are impressive. Not to, the, not to our eyes, at least. But to God's eyes, they're the most beautiful thing you could see. To see one brother forgive another, to see us eager to serve, to give of our time and talent and our tithes and our possessions. But we have to answer, we have to establish policies and procedures for how we serve in a church. Number one, we have to answer the question, am I a Christian? I know too many churches where non-Christians serve in the church. Whether you're gifted at piano or not, the question is, do you love Jesus? You can learn how to play piano if you're not, or if you, don't, if you do. But if you don't love Jesus, the first thing you've got to do is love Jesus to be a worker in our church. I want everyone who comes here to say, those people love Jesus. You've got to answer the question, are you a Christian before you serve? Number two, are you a member? Well, I'm a Christian, I want to serve. Yeah, but do you want to serve the direction that this church is going in? Am I living in open and unconfessed sin? That can disqualify you from service in the church. If you're living in open and unconfessed sin, if you're a really gifted teacher and you're teaching little children and they see you living in open and unconfessed sin, nothing can hurt their Christian growth more than seeing you not walk your talk. So we have to establish these procedures. I know we're excited. We need children's church. I know. I want it, man. I want that bad boy like yesterday. But before we have children's church, 
We've got to have adult church, and we've got to have people who understand and know in order to serve, we have to be pure. I didn't say perfect. Otherwise, I couldn't preach. But a heart that's constantly willing to repent, living a life above reproach, we have to answer the question, what expectations will there be of me if I serve in a particular ministry? Yeah, maybe you're a fine Christian and a member of our church and you don't have any open and unconfessed sin. But if you can't be here on time, if your work schedule doesn't allow you to serve, maybe there's another ministry for you to serve in. And that's not a bad thing. John Sapp, can I pick on you for a second? Where are you? Everybody say hi to John. Say hi, John. John is a real quiet guy. And we had our, our welcome team ministry. And he said, he raised his hand. We were talking about, yeah, you got to be eager and you got to be, hey, what's going on? Welcome to Northwest Baptist Church. And that's just not John. That's not him. You guys are laughing because you know, hey, that's not John. But that's not a bad thing. God hasn't given John the gift of being a welcome team member. You know what he has given John the gift of being? A wonderful encourager. And a wonderful friend that I've gotten to know in the last two years by playing basketball with him. Furthermore, God's given John a huge body to be our security guard. So thank you, John. <laughs> but isn't that wonderful? You don't all need to sing in the choir. Trust me. What is your gift? Where will God have you serve? And John was eager to be in our security part department. And he's wonderful. We, like I said this morning, we don't want Shantaria. Of course, I learned that Shantaria can throw down with the best of them. But we're not going to put little, be, little Shantaria to be in charge of our security. But John and Patrick, they're big guys. So God has given them a gift to serve in our church. Do I agree with the mission and vision and core values and core beliefs of our church? What are my gifts? What will this service require of me? What areas has my church asked for service? We have to have security. We have to have welcomers. What areas or, what, or how should I serve every week in this church? And then here's an important question that all of us have to be ready to ask. When should I stop serving? When do I need to stop for a little while? When have I given too much to the church and not enough to my family? I said, when have I given too much to my church and not enough to my family? When do we become, when we become bitter and we're here to serve and we're bitter about it, it's time to stop. It's time to look for someone else and maybe take a couple months off and have the Spirit fill you again and let us serve you and let us minister to you so that you can grow, so that you can purify your life, and then come back in. But answer this question, and this is such an important one, when should I stop serving? At least in any vocational way. The last thing we're going to focus on for the next 8 to 12 months is how to train and equip leaders for service. Any church, no matter who, what, when, or where, has to have leaders. And these leaders must be equipped to carry out the ministries of the church. 
Paul exhorted Timothy to be a leader in the Ephesian church by saying this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul's legacy with Timothy was to be a pastor and to lead younger leaders to becoming pastors and leaders in a church. And Timothy was that person. Interestingly enough, Timothy was a timid guy. He didn't believe it could be him that could ever teach or preach in a church. Paul tells him, we didn't get a spirit of timidity, Timothy. Speak with boldness, because Timothy struggled with it. But it was Paul's prerogative to help Timothy. In that same spirit, the pastors and the deacons right now are working on a process of theological training so that we can better serve and minister to you. In our current day, everyone who serves is a leader. The leaders break down between lay leaders and vocational leaders. There are leaders who serve in our church in various ways. Our sound team, our welcome team, our music ministry, our Sunday school, our team kid, our Wednesday night live, our food ministry, our benevolent fund, our nursery, our ushers, and many, many more. But there are also pastoral leaders and deacons who are responsible for the major decisions of our church. And we are working behind the scenes right now to train and to sharpen one another. As Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron. And we are working with one another to grow and to be the leaders of our church. This is our short-term vision. And I leave you with what Paul told Titus. Set in order, in a difficult city, what was begun already that is our task that is our vision set in order our church that's our goal let's pray god give us hearts for this ministry give us love for this ministry give us a heart that has faith and hope that as difficult as it is to do ministry in this city, that we can be a beautiful bride for Jesus Christ. By the way we serve in our homes and in our church, we can be a light to the world. Let us take the responsibility on each and every one of us for the church to purify our own lives. This is the first step to being an impact in this community. Purify our church, Lord Jesus. Give us hearts for our church, Lord Jesus. Give us the courage that we need. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. This is your church, Jesus. Let us be stewards of it. Amen.